Hi everyone, this is the 15th episode of the Pedal Podcast and this week I had the absolute privilege to talk to Ben Pollock who's the founder and owner of Ferrelli's World which is a unique pedal brand attacking the pedal market with a new unique fresh angle and have really really big plans as we talk about it on the podcast uh, their approach is totally different than what we used to. They are um, producing their goods either in the EU or in the UK. And that one is um, is good to see because obviously nowadays uh, the big models of brands are dictating from a little bit different perspective. He is from Middlesbrough. His brother plays uh, for Watford FC so he's a professional football player and to this day Ben still playing semi-pro level he's um, also started playing pedal 18 months ago and he just seen how amazing pedal is and that's when he came up with the idea to start a brand and um, yeah it has been a fun ride with him so um, please have a listen and also as always um, let us know how you liked it and um, just enjoy Hi everyone, this is the Pedal Podcast and the 15th episode of it, and I've got a really special guest with Ben Pollock this week with me, um, and it's quite exciting because basically what it is, is that he is doing a brand, and we will talk about it a lot more, and obviously you've heard it on what he is um, known for, but yeah, we will go into a lot more details because I'm really excited about it, not just for the marketing side, not just for the brand side, because that's my thing, but also like, how did you come about it? How, how did you actually end up with the whole idea? But Ben, thank you very much for accepting my invite. And I uh, hope that it's, this whole thing will be quite painless for you. <laughs> no, excited to be on. It's been, uh, we were penciled in for last week, weren't we? But good to finally uh, get on with it and get it started. Absolutely, absolutely. And and um, so I haven't mentioned the brand. You are the founder, if I'm not mistaken, of Ferrelli's, right? Yeah, so Ferrelli's World, we okay. uh, we call it, yeah. And what's the name? So how did that come about? And then I will just jump on it, but I'm just quite interested in yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, no. So the name's got quite a long story. We're Ferrelli's World because we actually have a sister brand called Ferrelli's Sport, which is in a totally different business sector completely but the actual name Ferrelli's which is pretty much us and um, no one really calls us Ferrelli's well it is Ferrelli's and um, but Ferrelli's is actually because my sister had a horse and she won a competition on Ferrelli on a horse called Ferrelli's royalty and um, my business partner is now my sister's husband and when we started this off we just thought it was a fitting name and it had a nice little ring to it yeah, I mean, I, I like it and it actually sounds good. And you've got a, obviously a really special look of it, but we'll get into that one. So first question, I mean, there was already a few questions, but first real question, how did you actually get into pedal? Yeah, so quite an interesting one, really. Like I mentioned before, we had a we have a sister brand. Um, it's sort of a team wear brand called Frelly Sport. And then part and parcel of, of, of Frelly Sport was I had a trip booked to Munich with my business partner, Jamie. When we went to Munich, we went to this um, event called ISPO. And ISPO is all about innovation and, and new sporting trends, things like that. Really, really, really good day, really good show. And we went over and what captured uh, my attention straight away was you've got such big mainstream sports such as football, 
rugby, hockey, golf, um, all crammed in in one hall of this massive event. And you had paddle, which was full of, it filled three halls of this event. And I just thought it was really, really uh, interesting. Um, I met a good friend who's now a good friend over at that event called Victor as well, who's an avid paddle player. He, his background is in fashion and sportswear manufacturing. And he was the one who first planted the seed to me about paddle and playing paddle and doing something in the space of paddle. So I actually left Munich and, and I went back and I spoke to a good friend who owns a tennis club right next to where I live. And they'd just built two paddle courts. So I tried to get a little bit more information off him about, about the sport and 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 sort of where it's going. And that led me to go play. And since being that since that first game, I was hooked. And so I dragged three friends along. We had a game of paddle and then, you know, figuring it out a little as well because it was their first game. And um three of the four players who played that day, we still play every week now together. So and that was over about 18 months ago or so. Okay. And do you have any sort of racket sports background or how did paddle become I mean you know I'm I'm hooked as well uh, partly I I started the podcast but the other thing is that I play what two three four times a week so I mean I'm 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 really uh, buzzing around in in Bristol because it's it's a really good one and and I've got a tennis background so what's your background in sports then so my background in sports is is football my my family my dad was an ex-professional Um, I played professional football in my career I still play now but semi-professional um, and then my brother's now a full-time professional footballer as well. So football was always in, through, through as early as I can remember, me and my brother and my dad, we were kicking ball, and um, that was what we did. And I had no racket sport history at all. Um, even in school, picked up a tennis racket now and then, but never had lessons, um, only played it when it was in the less like in the P lessons, never done it away from school or anything like that in my own time. Pretty much because we were solely focused on football um, as a family. But yeah, like I say, I had no no racket sport experience. But I think that's what makes paddle so good um, was the fact that I, I love paddle now. I'd like to say I play, like, I can hold a good game. Um, but yeah, with no racket sport experience and then to go in and play once and be hooked on it to a point where we play multiple times a week. I, I think that just is paddle in a nutshell, really, that how addictive of a game it is. What I can say about it um, as as a fairly, I, I haven't still been playing for a year. And um, it's quite a funny one because, you know, a, a lot of people tried it in Spain and a lot of people came back and said that this is such a fun sport and now it's accessible um, even more so in, in Bristol. So I have to say that we, um, a bit of a bit of a teaser that we are going to have a shooting uh, potentially next week uh, when I'm going to try the new uh, new frames and um, of, of Ferrelli's world. And, and um and we're we're gonna have a bit of a bit of a play around because it's it's such a it's such a great thing that you know new brands are introduced to paddle and and a lot of people do play around. So what was what was your first racket? What you tried before you actually came up with the whole idea? So in terms of rackets, when when we were trying out sort of well, we actually started. I started developing the sort of paddle very early on in our introduction of of the sport paddle. So when I started pretty much coming back from Munich, I started working on the project of 
bringing out our own rackets, developing our own range pretty early. So we only used sort of rental rackets to begin with um, at the club we played at. Early on, then what we did is we bought a few rackets, which we liked the look of. Um, and a brand that stood, stood out for me, which was I was actually introduced to, I think I'm sure it's the owner, and he gave me a load of advice and a great guy. Paul is his name, I believe. Um, but yeah, I had a good chat with Paul about what my ambitions were to do. And obviously he had Royal Paddle and he was a massive help. Really, really good guy. Great, Putting great me lad. in the right direction with what, what I should do, what I shouldn't do, what his advice would be. And and I followed it to the T, to be honest with you, because like I say, when you've got someone like that giving you advice in, in a fairly new um, space, then, you know, you follow it. But um, my, out, the, out the four of us who played, I know there was a, I think my my business partner, Jamie, got a knock, but... One of the one I wanted was an Adidas metal bone. I love that racket. I think, I think when, and I think it shows in what we what we are trying to do with Ferelli's is what I love and what I look out for, especially in that racket, was like the innovation of it, the the sort of technology of it, of just being able to change the weight. Although it's something so small, it can adapt a game and influence your game so much. Um, and then in terms of brands. Like I said before, Royal Paddle was a massive inspiration. But then the final one I'd mention is Cork. And just purely because of the innovation of it, something completely fresh and something that we're trying to do where it's like you've got the sort of mainstream channel people go down and they just went totally away from that. and went, no, we're, we're totally different. We're this. And they were very bold about it. And they're reaping the rewards at the end of the day because it's a great brand. Yeah. Um, and shout out to Paul McElroyth. Really hard to yeah. pronounce his name, but that's that's <laughs> him. Uh, he's Mr. Royal Paddle. I'm I'm uh, really grateful because I um I received a racket from him as well when he was down in um in the Rocket Paddle opening in Bristol. Lovely chap. I I lent him uh, a pair of shoes because he didn't actually think that he's gonna play, and it was quite a fun four because uh, we had uh, from Via Verde as well. I don't know if you know the guy. He's um, he's um, a paddle company uh, CEO. Uh, so he's okay. uh, carrying the likes of uh, of Varlian and uh, Volt and RS. So really good oh, brands yeah. as well. Um, and and it was quite a fun game. So I have to say that it was it was uh, good to be part of it. And um, it was uh, quite a few months ago now, but we still uh, remained. Uh, uh, good friends with Fran, um, and I really have to catch up with Paul because um, shout out to him. He's he's doing a world of good to to the world of paddle. So so that's yeah. that's great as well. So yeah, you you mentioned the metal bone, and and um, we actually spoke about it with uh, with Fran. So I just have to go back into it because I think Ala Galan. I don't know if you follow the WPT and the Premier Paddle. You do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, who's, who's your player? Uh, LeBron. Okay, good choice. I like I like that. Although now he's a little bit behind the the top four, I would say, or top five with Dalla Galan, but they they got a semi in Mendoza um, just uh, two days ago. So um, again, shout out to Coelho and Tapia who who won it against the Super Pibes. Um And um, yeah, what Adidas is doing in general with their PR and and how they advertise and now they came up with the new colorways for for their records is just uh, is just really good. But all in all, I think um, and and that's also one more thing about the brands because that's that's my thing and I just love to talk about it. Bull paddle is is something which uh, which you cannot really. Um, 
you you cannot really talk about brands in Paddle without mentioning Bull Paddle and what they are doing in terms of like uh, advertising, uh, sponsorship, and all this and that is just unreal. And I wanted to ask as well, like, do you have any sort of plans for sponsorship? Do you want to sponsor anyone? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, just touching on that Bull Paddle thing. What I love about Bull Paddle, and it's not taking anything away from Adidas because they're amazing, obviously, but what I love about Bull Paddle is it's a paddle brand. It's not, you know, Adidas is is such a big, strong brand and it's dipped in a paddle as well. Whereas Bull Paddle is just a paddle brand. And I love that. And that's something that we wanted to get across that we weren't just a brand jumping on the on the sort of paddle bandwagon where because it's it's a great spot and it's blowing up, but oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get involved at this now. No, we, we jumped on paddle because we're enthusiasts of paddle. We love paddle. Um, so I just shout out to Bull Paddle because they're, they're amazing but back on the question i mean yeah of course it is i mean in terms of the brand at this moment in time what our sort of priority is and what the, the work going on behind the scenes is is to make it really a 360 brand first and foremost so it's attractive to your players to your influencers things like that um so you know in terms of the brand we've got a, a strong concept that we're trying to approach in and what we want to do is we don't want to really bring out anything to market where we can't apply our concept and to touch on that quickly, our concept is basically creating products that are both one on court and off court, even with your rackets. I mean, we try to make everything we do as aesthetic as possible. And, you know, we're big believers that fashion run the world and everything's influenced by fashion. And that's sort of the, 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 the in section we went for when joining this and going into this sector was, we want to create a paddle brand that's just as much fashion as it is paddle. Now, that's not sacrificing one or the other. That's not saying to make it really aesthetic and good looking, we have to sacrifice the performance. We're saying, no, both are as important as each other. So whatever we do, it has to be functional, but it, it but a massive, a massive part of it is being fashionable. So that's what we're working on at the minute. So like I say, making it a 360 brand where clothing's on the agenda, Footwear's on the agenda, all your your main bits, your accessories, et cetera, they're all on the agenda, bags on the agenda. So all these sort of things is is in the short-term introduction. Um, and when we can, which we're very far on with, um, and when we can just finish off them final touches and put it to market without a stamp on it, um, then that's when we will sort of start to look more at the sponsorship because, it's something that we we really want to do, but what we don't want to do is put our name in too early when we don't have a full 360 brand and we can't offer what other brands can offer um, in terms of everything that need really the essentials. Um, but it's something we're really looking forward to. And we, you know, I think as well going forward, we are very specific and pragmatic about how we want our brand to be represented and how we want our branding to come across and be seen. And, you know, stand up for our concept, stand up for what we are, what we're trying to achieve, the community we're trying to build. So we are, you know, eyeing people up now and and, and making plans to do so. And it's something we're really looking forward to. Yeah. And and uh, it's good that you mentioned community, because I think that's um, almost every guest I have. Uh, we always talk about the community and what we have to build up. And and that's the whole point of of uh, starting something new and so starting something which is uh, absolutely out of the uh, um, out of the blue in a way in um, in the UK, because 
it was introduced 10 plus years ago in London, but it really didn't didn't catch fire. And and since then, um, you know, there were a few guys who who wanted to start it and and they they came up with a few ideas. And and I have to again give a shout out to the pedal school. Uh, the Farquharson brothers, because they're doing an absolutely brilliant job and and they're taking this beautiful game to all over the planet. So uh, so it's it's really good the the job what they're doing and and you know I'm I'm really happy that um, that I met them and I and I know them in person because um, um, the the job they're doing and the community the community they're building and the community what you're talking about as well it's so essential of of going forwards and it's such a friendly atmosphere around the pedal courts at the moment still. So it's not like uh, a cutthroat. Um, and and look, when you say that you're building a new brand, it's always really tough. And I want to ask about um, the background and 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 where you were actually planning on establishing the brand itself apart from the UK and all this and that. But before I get in there, I just wanted to say that this is such a such a big thing to to start an own brand and and to get the factories up and running and and you know to to talk about. Um, even the marketing and everything, and and I think so far, what have you, your your products are really really stepping up in many ways. So it's it's great that you actually uh, came up with the whole idea, even in this uh, in this period when there's already the Varlians who have been doing it for thirty years, the the Adidases, which which have the massive mogul behind them, uh, and the bull paddle, which is it seems like they're literally the babbler of paddle but when i say this head has both uh world number ones so so that's an interesting one uh so where is your factory where where are you making stuff so we manufacture in the uk that's something that we were we were very strict on and to jump back to the the sister brand fairly spot we do that uh, we have our own factory which we might make our own garments um for that which manufacturing in the uk has always been a big thing for us um not only does it, you know, give us control over quality and things like that, which is vital for us, especially going back to, the, you know, how we want to present our brand, how important the quality is, the fits are, the functionality of the products. It's so important for us that we want all the control or as much control as we can. And that was vital for us to, to be manufacturing in the UK. With rackets, we manufacture in Barcelona. So our rackets are all handmade in Barcelona. Again, um something we were we were really really strict on and you know cards on the table we could go get our products made for three times cheaper over in in asia and china things like that and but again we we made the decision and we stand by the decision that we've got a great factory in barcelona we we went out and visited them um and they're paddle people and they they just speak the language of paddle rackets they don't do and this is something that that sort of I loved was do you do ten do you do paddle balls? No. Do you do paddle grips? No. Do you do do you do clover? No. They just do paddle rackets. And I think that's so refreshing to see because they are just they they do paddle rackets. They're amazing at paddle rackets. And going back to it, it's it was so important to us to find the right people to make the rackets because um our main thing is can we can we make it a racket that you want to use because you like the look of it, because it stands out on court, but also you, you know, you've got to use it because it enhances your game or because you like using it because it's well balanced, because it's got a good um, amount of power, because it's got the right shape to it, it's got the right frame to it. And 
Um, and this is why we're quite comfortable with with entering market as a you know as a new brand going up against these giant brands because we believe in the product we believe in um we believe in the the sort of the work that's, that's been done we've cut no corners with this um and and in making the product we we ensured we had the best hands on it which is which is really really important and also you uh, you mentioned that you're making your rackets in Barcelona, which I think is a really, really good move because obviously who else would know a lot about it than the Spanish market and the, and the Spanish manufacturers. Um, and I did a bit of a research on your rackets. And so far, I've seen that you only have 3K carbon in the top range. Are you planning on a 12K as well? Yeah, absolutely. So we sort of leveled our rackets as a sort of discovery, intermediate and advanced, but we're very conscious with the advanced level racket that we want to do something totally different because when you start entering that 12k and you start jumping up that price point, you are battling with your metal bone, which has that sort of technology on it. You are you are battling with really strong rackets. So we're very conscious that when we get to that point, We've got to be putting out a racket that can that can match it. So not just changing the carbon, but also l- little bits of detail, little bits of maybe tech that we can put onto the racket, which which can sort of we can confidently stand there and say it'll battle with the metal bone, it'll battle with your top tier rackets. So that's sort of again in the in the process. But we've got some really cool ideas. We got some, um, obviously we're still prototyping things out. Like but yeah, we've got especially one idea which is which is really cool and no one's doing it at the minute. So might let you into it next week. Um, but <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're excited what we can do. We've got loads of cool ideas. And I think maybe coming from that sort of, with, with that lack, lack of racket sport experience and, you know, maybe coming in as a bit of an outsider, you do come up with like maybe fresh ideas and we've got quite a young team here and all, all like similar sort of, interests and age range and we are quite a young team who come at who are coming at this at quite a, a fresh young um enthusiastic energetic um angle so yeah we've got some cool ideas we're, we're looking forward to it but it's, it's definitely something that's that's on the horizon and we want to a big thing for us is making a brand that's accessible for all now obviously we're in the infancy of of our brand so we can't offer everything at the start but we want to ensure that there's rackets and that there's products for everyone, no matter you know your, your level, your age range, your your gender, whatever it is. We want to make sure that there's products from Pirelli's world which are accessible to everyone. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a really good idea because obviously at the moment not there's um, there's a lot of enthusiastic improvers, uh, a lot of um, good intermediates. Um, what we are lacking, at least in Bristol, are the really high top range players at the moment because obviously it's still a new sport and um and and you see uh the best like the you know the creme de la creme uh they were competing in the of of the british tour um they were competing in in london uh, last week um i don't know if you had the chance to go down to the fip um they oh. they were just uh playing in in uh, roehampton and um and yeah you you just see that that there's still a long way to go in terms of coaching, in terms of uh, getting accessible kit, um, because it, it's it's just an interesting one because you know everyone who's who has a tennis background they tend to go with the same racket as what they're using in tennis. Um, some people buy the cheap ones because they believe that that's that's the way forward because they don't even know if they want to do it and and they always have that argument which is quite funny. Um, 
is that, oh, why is it twice as expensive as a tennis racket? And and I had a really good chat with Andy Catchpole, who's um, who's a Paddle Point um, country manager in 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 the UK, and he was saying, yeah, but how many how many times do you have to string those rackets? How many times will you break strings on those rackets? You know, that's just yeah. not going to happen. So there is there is a good argument about the price range, and I do indeed know firsthand that it's a really expensive thing to actually build. A paddle racket it's not as it's um i wouldn't even say cheap because tennis rackets are not cheap but there's loads of technology which goes into a paddle racket so that's what people have to realize that they're these carbons these different layers what you put in a paddle racket they do need a lot of money to be uh to be put in to be um, discovered to be experimented with so yeah it is true it is true but in general i would say there is um I, I checked your price point as well and i will get back to, to that one as well but just to finish the thought i think there is um a lot of positives about pattern rackets uh which people don't really realize because it's still a new sport and people are not gonna buy a technical viper because um who and lebron plays with it they're not gonna potentially they're gonna buy a metal bone but a metal bone is like what 320 360 something crazy so they will be oh yeah i'll, I'll buy the cheaper version because i still don't know if i like it so how did you come up with the price range because i know that you're between like let's say 250 150 so that sort of range and um and and how did you so you said that you want to be accessible for everyone but obviously at the moment you said that for the advanced players you're still lacking a bit yeah i mean i think uh, obviously again coming back to the fact that we're very much in our infancy as a brand we sort of had to almost put ourselves in the middle of what our target audience was and i think especially being a brand new brand um you know maybe you're not going to attract the the most advanced level players straight away and and sort of that beginner range to intermediate range was where we sort of said right well we can sort of apply our concept well but we can also showcase how well the rackets perform and that's why we positioned ourselves there. Now, obviously, we have like the two collections at the minute, which is you've got the neutrals, which is more for the, the discovery level, the beginner level, where it's it's you know it's a fiberglass frame and it's a it's a rounder shape and things like that. And brilliant, brilliant. We obviously affected the EVA to go softer to give you more control as well. Um, and then when we went to the more intermediate racket, um, we added a bit more power, again, affected the EVA. We affected the shape into more of a teardrop shape to give you, again, more power, affected the frame. Um, and where we came up with the price points was simply, um, and I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. But when we obviously visited the factory, we, we know the brands that are in the factory with us and we know how similar our rackets were in certain aspects of composition. Um, and that's sort of how we put ourselves sort of next to them. That's where we place ourselves in the market because we know how obviously a certain racket would perform and has performed and we've seen it on market, we've seen it in game, how it's played and how it's marketed, how it's sold. And we sort of just went similar. We obviously didn't go like for like, we went similar um, with our pricing. Yeah, and um, I mean, obviously you cannot really say who else is... Uh 
yeah. <laughs> manufacturing in these uh these um in this factory but um but yeah i mean I, hopefully you will tell me off air because i'm quite quite intrigued to hear about it so how hard is it to start a brand how i mean obviously you will say that you know it's no piece of cake but but i just want to basically pick your brain on on you came up with the idea which i think is brilliant um in a way everyone who's into branding who's into marketing who who likes their gear is thinking about starting a brand but non like r- rarely anyone actually comes up with the idea and and i know a few startups um i had a chat last week with play brave i don't know if you're familiar with uh, with them they're a brilliant uh, a brand which started off in 2011 2020, 2010 2011 they sort of disappeared they're now trying to make a comeback and i think they're a brilliant brand everyone knows about castor and what they're doing and and they're still sort of considered a startup although now they're literally um sponsoring half of the uh, premier league teams and and it's it's, yeah. it's pretty crazy like newcastle for example which is just around the corner from you so uh so yeah it's um how how hard is it to start a brand in in 2022 2023 in the yeah. especially yeah i think i think it's very difficult i mean um if well obviously if it was easy everyone would do it wouldn't they um but i think what what we've found um hard and sort of the advice um that i would give would be if you are to do it you've you've got to come in at a niche and i think that's what we've done like going back to your point earlier, you've got such strong brands. You've got Royal Paddle, you've got Bull Paddle, you've got Cork, you've got Adidas. If we were just doing like for like products as them, no one would buy our stuff. And I think that's why maybe we're too far one way with it in the fact that we we are so focused on making things different. Maybe that slows us down a little. As you see now, we don't have the clothing to market. We don't have the... The, the the footwear the the bags the accessories we don't have that to market because we're so we we will never bring out a product that doesn't have our stamp on it and then and and that's us down to a T but that's it's a double edged sword because it's it's a blessing but it's also a curse because it slows you down but at the same time it allows us to be very um you know we we stand by our products because it's they they're a representation of us and our concept. So I think finding a niche and entering in a niche is so important. Um, and that's what we've done. Um, but then your second phase of, of brand building, which we're starting to see now is when we do hit that sort of 360 brand, is finding the right people to represent it. Um, that's something that we're so conscious of and I think is is quite hard because you can go you can go fork out a load of money and give it to anyone really or just drop it off at anyone's door but you've got to find people who believe in your vision believe in your sort of what you're trying to achieve your community buys into it which is a big thing because obviously when especially when money's involved people will nod their head and take stuff but 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 at the end of the day you want them to be a representation of you you want them to amplify your brand and and you want people to draw a correlation between them and your brand so that's sort of the second phase of it, like I say, we're diving into a little now. Um, but I don't want I don't want to discourage people from doing it because at the end of the day, there's no better feeling than, than walking around and seeing someone on court with your brand. It's an amazing feeling. And um and and our a massive focus for us is to continue building the brand, but more importantly, build the community because 
the bigger our community, the bigger our brand's going to be at the end of the day. So we want to put as much into the paddle community as in general, but also the Ferelli's World Paddle community as we can and, and offer as much as we can um, going forward. Because like I said, the bigger the community, the bigger the brand. And it's something we're really conscious on. Yeah. And and um, what you're trying to do is, uh, is unique because... Um... There's a few brands which are coming up with a similar project in terms of like they're in in terms of like they're they're really colorful. Um, they stand out from the crowd, but with the whole branding and and how you and and you know do check it out, listeners, please um, on how the Ferrellis. Uh, rackets look like because they're they're definitely standing out from the crowd so whenever you see it happening and someone is playing with them um you sort of have this joker uh vibe on it uh i would say so yeah it's 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 great that you're doing that and and you know as and also i can just encourage everyone to to get into pedal because we need more of everything and now i'm going back to emma kimber because she she said that from the bandeja magazine she said that we need more of everything we need more players we need more courts we need more uh coaches we need more brands we need more um types of rackets we need the 12k from uh, ferrellis <laughs> yeah but yeah so so i i think it's it's great and 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 i'm seeing the involved involvement of everyone connected and everyone we still need to be fairly cautious about not trying to do the swedish model because um that was that was definitely not right that a six million sorry a 10 million country um had just over six million courts in in a matter of of minutes so that's that's definitely not right i'm i'm just exaggerating it wasn't six million courts but but you get the 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 gist of it so um you said that you are playing. Are you so when you started playing, it was it was fun for you, and obviously you're still playing. Are you just playing once a week, or are you trying to play more? Uh, which side do you play on? So I play on the right. Well, actually, it depends on my partner because I've got a partner, it, my business partner Jamie. I play with him. Um, he's very reserved. He he likes to to sort of mop up a little more and let me be more of the aggressor. Um, and then I play with another friend called Connor, who is who has tennis history and he still plays paddle like a tennis player. So I'm still trying to get that out of him. He stays at the back of the court trying to win points at the back. And I said, keep telling him he needs to push the net, he needs to read the glass. But um, no, we play, we've always played once a week. Um, like I said, it's a, it's a little harder for me with my football schedule and that, you know, sometimes you play, you play on a Saturday, you play on a Tuesday, train Tuesday, Thursdays. And so I don't get to play as much as I'd like. I'm a little jealous because the two other lads who I play with, they've joined the league. So they're getting loads of games in without me. And uh, I have to just listen to them talk about it all day. But um, no, I mean, in the summer when we went on holiday, we were playing every day. Um, But it it changed. So my position changes. I'm quite fluid with it. At the end of the day, like for me, First and foremost, I play for fun. Do you know what I mean? I've got that competitive edge where it gets heated. It gets heated on the pitch, and there's been a few big, big fallouts. Um, but yeah, I play for fun. So I, I need a when the season ends, I'm I'm trying to get into some lessons and things like that, and and take it a little more serious. And I think this year as well, um, sort of I can disguise it a little bit with brand building where I'm using it as an excuse to go around and play at different places now get a few more games in um 
But yeah, I, I mean, I've been playing for about, like I say, a year, 18 months, but I've still got so far to go. I do joke, I do joke with the lads who I play with saying that I'm on the brink of Team GB and that, but there's a lad, there's actually a lad who plays at the same club as us. I think he's ranked like eighth or something in the UK or, or Great Britain, and he's unbelievable. Um, and he usually plays on a Tuesday night before we do sometimes, and he, he's, he's class. He's class. So, yeah, my, my sort of paddle journey is to, to play more. That's a conscious effort that I've got to make, but also try and get some lessons in because, um, especially at my local club, I know the guy who does them and he's he's really good. Um, so I need to put I need to put more into my paddle my paddle career for now. We'll we'll start next Wednesday. Yeah, you <laughs> so can be my coach. That, that will be that will be the first step. I I am um I actually just uh, realized what I what I want to do and and who, who I want to uh to gather around because uh, there's there's quite a few good players and and I think it would be good fun anyway. Um, I wanted to ask about your footwear because it's one more thing which is really vital because one thing is clothing is look if it's if it's good quality clothing if you have the the looks right. It kind of really go wrong. So I mean, if you use use the right fabric, if 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 you if you brand it well, if it looks good, it's gonna be okay. Uh, but the footwear is a really really slippery slope. It's almost as hard as to develop a racket. So what's your method of developing footwear? Similar again to how we develop rackets was take the the best of the best and then put our stamp on it. Really. Um, when I say put our stamp on it, what I mean by that is, again, create a shoe. It's a little bit more difficult with footwear, especially performance footwear like this. Um, so it's easy for me to sit here and say create a shoe that people wear on court and off court. But that is the vibe we're going for. Now, not everyone's going to you know, go on a night out in, in paddle shoes. I know that and I'm not we're behind the ears. But what we want to do is, OK, we want to make the best looking shoe on court. And we want people, even even an enthusiast who maybe doesn't play as much as, as as someone who plays three, four times a week, but give them a reason to buy the shoe because it's such an aesthetic shoe. So we want to just create a shoe that's, that's really aesthetic. But again, and you'll always hear me come back to this with any of our products, is we will never sacrifice the functionality or the performance of any of our products for the fashionable or aesthetic aspect. It's got to go hand in hand. Um, and that 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 really is so important to us. So yes, we want to make it, you know, good looking. And if you take streetwear shoes for it, for example, at the minute they're very bulky, they're very heavy. So obviously we can't apply the same approach. You're probably going to go down a similar approach of a of a Nike or of an Adidas, an Adidas shoe where it's lightweight, it's sleek, maybe goes nicely with a tracksuit, something like that. But it's functional. And and at the end of the day. When we've started this footwear, the first thing we did was the sole. So the sole was the first point of call where we said, right, that's the sole. And now this is, we have to build the shoe from here because this is such a vital part of the, well, such a vital part of the shoe and the performance of the shoe. And then the second phase of that was how do we innovate it to make it different to what's on market already? for the better of the performance. So again, enhancing performance. And then the third step in, of that is then how do we make it look really nice? And that's sort of where we're at the minute. So you are developing that in the UK and you're planning to, to make it in the UK. So we're working on it in the UK, but that the shoes are actually going to get produced in Portugal. 
Oh, that's brilliant. No, that's that's great because um, I know that the Portuguese, uh, A, the textile or fabric market uh, or like, you know, what they use. And, and if you make it in the EU, it's always... It's a bit you, you can sort of say, and and I believe that that's the truth, is that you can actually build shoes which are better quality. I don't have anything against China, I have to say, because they have brilliant factories and they they come with the knowledge of of the um, either American or European people. But I do sort of still like to think that the EU products are a little bit maybe more niche or or better in quality but i don't necessarily think that's true but anyway i think it's is great that you are sticking to your guns and you're saying that yes that's what i want to do i want to manufacture in the new um i want to bring you know obviously footwear textiles um bags and everything it's just great that you are actually thinking about okay so we're not gonna sell out at least for now. Hopefully that's going to be the case later as well. Um, but yeah, I know, I know that it's, it's, um, it's again, as I say, shoes is a really tough one because you said that the sole has to be right, but the lateral support, um, the breathability, um, the durability. And that's, I think, one of the main issues when I spoke to quite a few guys around uh, who were building shoes from scratch, they were saying that the durability is really, really tough to reach. Because that's something, if if you use a lot of textile and not like, you know, synthetic leather or that sort of thing, that's going to break. That's that's so, yeah, I mean, good luck. I That's all I can say. And I'm, and I'm really, really excited to try them. I have to say, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to try your rackets as well. So that's also another thing. So yeah, what's what's like the one, five and 10 year plan? Because obviously you had a thought about it. So what's Ferrelli's one, five and 10 year plan is? And it's not an interview, don't get me wrong. I mean, it is, but not like a, uh, not like a job interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think year one, um, what's important for us is to to develop that 360 brand like I talk about, be able to to offer everything. Year one, I'm I'm pretty comfortable at saying that we'll we'll achieve that. Um because obviously, like I said, the only thing that slowed us down at the minute is just being maybe a little too pedantic with with making sure everything's right. But we've worked on things for so long now that I'm sure that that'll that that'll be developed by then. Um in terms of five-year plan, we really want to start. That's probably when you'll probably start seeing us working with athletes and influencers maybe growing the the brand that sort of that sort of way where we're just maybe dipping our toe into that sort of uncharted waters a little um and then 10 year plan i mean listen we're a young team we're a we're a hard working team but don't get me wrong we're we're an ambitious team and we wouldn't be entering this we wouldn't be doing this if we don't believe we've got a brand or a product or a range of products that can compete. Um, so what you're going to hear from me now is that we want to be battling with the biggest brands in paddle. And, and I think when Bradley's definitely hasn't entered this space to just be a little cog in the machine. No, we're here to be a big player. We believe that with the, with our concept, we can do that. We believe that we can do that because our products will always stand up to what we say. The functionality will always be there. The aesthetic, the fashionable approach, the stylish approach will always be there. 
And we will never, we'll hold strong to the word that we'll never bring out a product which doesn't have our stamp on it. Even if as simple as it is, like we will always try and put our vibe, our stamp onto something. Um, and we're going to go our own way. There's there's a sort of, you know, like um, path, if you will, which is like the generic path, which we've already deviated a little from. So going into your shops, going into that sort of retail aspect of going into club shops, going into um, online shops. We've already said, that we're going to go a different route and that's exclusively through our website. Now that's been a brave call because obviously the exposure you get from being in these shops and being in these clubs is vast, but go back to the point before we want to, we want to build a community that uplifts paddle, but it's a Ferelli's world community and, and it's a paddle community that which we want to, we want to grow because that's how the brand will grow, but also we want it to grow and we want more eyes on paddle we want to increase paddle players we want to increase interest in the paddle and we believe with our concept we can do that because it's so different because our whole thing is we want people who don't have an interest in paddle buying our products learning about the brand and driving them to paddle give them a reason to play paddle and so i think we're going at things in a little little bit different a little bit unique and but yeah we're, we're here to battle with with all the biggest brands and we're ambitious, hardworking. We know what we want to do. We we feel we, we're going to make our own path in doing it, but it's an exciting journey, which which we're in the infancy of. Yeah, look, that's, I think, the best sentence we, we had. We had a lot of good sentences um, and a lot of good statements uh, throughout. And um, again, thank you very much for accepting the invitation. Um, it has been unbelievable to look into uh, a brand's um, I wouldn't even say past because you you just got the the present and the future, don't you? But but that's that's unbelievable. I wish Ferrelli's world all the best, and you definitely deserve it because you, you. I can see that you're a really hardworking, ambitious individual, and and all the team behind you as well. So uh, it's great that we actually have a, a set day as well for next Wednesday, so we can meet up here in Bristol. Um, and I cannot wait to try the racket. I wish you all the best and see you in a week. Salman, thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. Salman, Dennis, thank you.